You are listening to So You Want to Read Tolkien, a podcast that goes through each of J.R.R. Tolkien's main works, chapter by chapter, and discusses them in a most ridiculous manner. One does not simply walk into Mordor. I would cut off your head, dwarf, if it stood but a little higher from the ground. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Yeah, Till at last I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box? Now, don't be hasty, Master Miriado. Is this new devil right? Hello and welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien. Today we are discussing Book 6, Chapter 3 of Return of the King, Mount Doom. I'm Caitlin and I didn't write anything down. Shit, none of us did. Oh, I'm Caitlin and I'm very happy for all of my friends and family to the South. Congratulations. Uh, I'm Rachel, and I'm playing the role of a YA heroine, letting out a breath I didn't know I'd been holding for four years. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Emmy. God. Okay, now my thing sounds super dumb. I was going to say that I consumed an entire bag of Sour Patch Kids in celebration, and now I can't feel the inside of my mouth. Hey, That's fine. We all celebrate in our own ways. They were really good, guys. They tasted so good. Uh, I did, I mean, I think we should mention we took kind of a month off because one of our number caught the plague. I did. I did. I caught COVID. It was, well, I don't want to say it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like go to the hospital bad. I got into a clinical trial. I was prescribed a lot of medicine from my doctors for my asthma. And it was just like 10 incredibly brutal, terrible days. And you're you're feeling fine now? I feel fine. Um. Yeah, I the worst part of it, because you've had a cold before, right? Everybody knows what having a cold feels like. And it's bad, yeah. but like you're used to being sick. The worst part for me was that I couldn't smell or taste anything. Mm-hmm. So like all food was disgusting. Like when you're eating things based on texture, absolutely everything is gross. So I'm really glad that part's over. But um, otherwise, yeah, I had a small lingering cough and I'm fine. I'm back at work. Back to semi, semi-normal. semi I have antibodies now for three months. I can't catch it again, and I can't give it to anyone. So I'm like the safest person I know. I can do things like go to the grocery store without fear. Nice. Uh, Yay. Uh, I was watching some celebration videos yesterday, just in case I don't... Like, my plan is to get this out tomorrow, Monday, but just in case life happens. It's November 8th, everyone. <laughs> things are still a little fresh. Um... Uh, I was watching some of the celebratory videos yesterday, and I was like, I do not think I'd be able to stop myself from hugging strangers in the street. You know, like, mm-hmm. it must be so hard. Yeah, I have no idea how they did it. I'm in a, I'm in a suburb, so I didn't get to go outside and celebrate. But I don't know, I guess they probably all went home and took a shower. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hope I hope everybody's safe out there while still having fun. I, yep. saw, I saw mostly masks, so I have mm-hmm. I have hope for us. Yeah. Yeah, between masks and the, uh, you know, being outside, it helps. I love how 
uh, so many liquor stores and cities are like, this is like one of our best sales days ever. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that this existed, but one of my friends was drinking blue champagne. I have to look into this immediately. I know. Isn't that so cool? Another uh, sort of quick announcement. I don't know. Uh, We were all, for various life reasons, feeling a little burned out. So we're trying something a bit different this episode with how we do things. Um, That puts a lot less work on one person. If if it's real bad or you don't like it, let us us know. Or maybe just stop listening because I don't think we're going to go back. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It'll be fine. It's the same amount of information yes. for less work. Yes, our goal, though, is still to read Tolkien and not take it seriously. So, Oh, I think we're real good at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're never going to forget that. Okay. Oh, characters. I didn't even think. Well, there's only three of them. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was a deliberate choice or not. No, that I was saw a, that, that was and a, I was I just forgot. like, oh, it's because no. there are basically no characters, but fine. No, I forgot. I completely forgot. If Caitlin was doing them, I would have bet. She'd just write Frodo three times. It's fine. <laughs> you got like if you read my notes here, I put a lot of emphasis on Sam. Okay, I mean he is the un- narrator character. He was probably, and this most is important. really his moment to shine. I feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's get into it. Uh, characters. This chapter are uh, Frodo and Sam are continuing to walk toward Mount Doom. Um, they they get there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have the actual. Yeah, you know it's the name of the chapter. Uh, we have the actual return of Gollum, our stinker, slinker friend who still really, really wants the ring. Uh, and Sauron's kind of a character, sort of, you know, remember, he's there, busy focusing on a bunch of people who are about to attack him, but he also wants the ring. He's definitely more of a character in this than he was in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that's interesting. Dare I say it's been that way for the entire book. Infinitely Perhaps. more of a character here than in any of the movies. Um, all right, on to the short summary. The ring is motherfucking destroyed. The end. We do it. It's gonna happen, guys. Get excited. I thought about putting the short summary as Gollum takes a little trip. <laughs> <laughs> but I figured the ring being destroyed was more important. Probably, just a little bit. Just, just yeah. like this... Just like this much. Yeah, see, if I had uh, written this short summary, it was going to be about, you know, uh, Frodo and Sam walk to Mount Doom, uh, and, you know, it's really close, and it's taking a while, and all hope seems lost, and then Pennsylvania shows up. (laughs) (laughs) I think all of these are very accurate. I have enjoyed all of the the Lord of the Rings TikToks. There have been an insane number of memes involving Lord of the Rings. They've been so good. But yeah, mostly Frodo just being like, it's done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one's good. Oh, God. Maybe I never have to look at his fucking face again. I remember thinking that in 2016. God, that seems like an age ago. About how I really didn't want him to win because I just, I hate looking at him. Maybe that yeah. was very self-centered of me. I didn't realize how bad it was going to get. All right. So going through the chapter this week, Sam and Frodo walk across Mordor. I remember starting this chapter. Uh, I was going out for a walk and I was listening to my illegal audiobook. <laughs> and I was like, man, this is the exact same as last chapter. Are we just going to get another chapter of this? God. 
And then halfway through, I was like, oh, no, shit, this is the chapter they do it. Everything just got intense. <laughs> the chapter they do it. Yeah. Oh, ha ha. Um, <laughs> I'm here now. Anyways, so <clears throat> Sam and Frodo walk across Mordor. Sam has a moment where he, too, loses all hope and realizes that they aren't making it out of Mordor, even if they destroy the ring. But somehow this just makes him more determined and not less. And that was the first of many really good Sam moments in this chapter. It really was fantastic. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, one of those really good symbolic moments that, you know, have been meaning a lot more lately. It's <laughs> yeah. like that, that moment you decide to you decide to fight because it's what needs to be done. Yeah. It's and not about you. It's about everyone else. The the line here, really, but even as hope died in Sam, or seemed to die, it was turned to a new strength. That's really good. Yeah, it's good. That's very good. Ugh, chills. So they keep going. Yeah. And then sort of in the same sort of scene, though, at the end, I do really like when he asks Frodo if he can manage it. And Frodo just says, I can manage it. I must. Mm-hmm. So good stuff going on with both of them here at the beginning. And just good writing. Uh. But as they walk on, Frodo kind of gets more and more under the control of the ring. But he also has an awareness of it. And there's that moment when Sam asks him, you know, it's like, I can take the ring for a bit. And he loses his mind for a second. I did not write down the fucking page because I'm the worst. (laughs) So, yeah. So Sam says, you know, I can take it for a bit. Gladly. And Frodo loses his shit as per the way with people who have the ring. (laughs) And he yells at Sam, and then he sort of, like, comes back to himself, and he says, uh, well, he says his regular line of, it is my burden, and no one else can bear it. And then he says, it's too late now, you can't help me, I am almost in its power, I could not give it up, If you and if you tried to take it, I should go mad. So, things are looking up for Frodo. <laughs> Yay! Stakes I love that high. Even, yeah, even Sam is, you know, he knows as he asks, asks it that it's, like, a bad idea, but it's the same time he's like he can't not ask it it's his friend who's suffering yeah yeah and and i like that frodo is just like bad things will happen Mm -hmm. we can't we can't do this again anyways and then to sort of help everything out sam is like well let's ditch everything because we don't need it all the or you know we're not running to any orcs and if they're here i guess they win (laughs) you know (laughs) like whatever we're out of moves and that's i guess that's just where they are and he has this really sad bit where he's like cries when throwing away his, his pots and pans. Um, it's because so they've sad. just been with him through the whole journey, and it's it's like I felt that too with him. It was really interesting because they're just pots and pans. Who gives a shit? But it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really like some of my pots and pans, but <laughs> they're probably not the ones I would carry into Mordor with me either. <gasps> I don't. I mean. We just bought a new frying pan that's really nice, mm-hmm. but I, I wouldn't be sad if we had to get rid of it. I'd be sad that I'd have to spend money on another one because it wasn't cheap. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like this whole. It was his. It was his responsibility. This entire trip was, you know, cooking and taking care of Frodo, and then he's throwing that away because that's not what's important anymore. Yeah. Well, and he also. I mean, the symbolism comes along with he. He asks if Frodo remembers, you know, that bit of rabbit where it like had paid off that they had actually, you know, he'd carried all this stuff with them and they had found a rabbit and been able to cook it and have a nice meal. Um, 
And so the, you know, it's sort of the symbolism of throwing away the pans. Like this is, we know that there's no chance of that anymore. But then Frodo gets stuck with, you know, no, he can't, he, he knows it happens, but he can't really remember it. Um, yeah. And that's the, you know, he's sort of lost moment, like Emmy and her taste. <laughs> she can't remember the taste of a good rabbit meal. So the, what you're saying is the ring is COVID-19. Uh, exactly. <laughs> oh, man, this is not where I thought we would end up when we began this show. <laughs> we did not imagine a lot of things when we began this Fuck. show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is sort of when he has his, I'm naked in the dark and there's no veil between me and the wheel of fire, which is good. I don't, I can't hear. That's one of those lines that I can't hear other than in Elijah Wood's voice, you know? Yeah. Because he does it. He does it well in the movie. And but they move it in the movie to just before, well, to later. It's a really it's a epic great line. line, right? It's like you know you've got the like heavy metal bands that are do Tolkien stuff. Like that's a solid heavy metal Tolkien line. The Wheel of Fire, yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, Sam does keep all the gifts from Gladriel, so the file and the little box that he has with. Um, I don't know if he's even opened the box. We, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, the box that he has, and he has Sting, obviously, and they kept their clothes. I assume they kept their cloak? That was a gift, so I would think so. Mm-hmm. I would think so, too. Yeah. Well, and they're magically light. Yeah. And they only have one between them, so. Mm-hmm. And then they keep on walking, and <laughs> so Sam much walking. eventually has a moment where he has an argument with himself, which I thought was so very, very Gollum of him. He has his own, like, stinker and slinker. <laughs> It's so good. Yeah. Uh, But like, there's one part of him that's just like, and then what'll we do? And then another part of him is like, well, we'll do this. And it's, and it's like a whole page of him just being like, look, we just have to do it. And it's, it's really good. There was that one moment where he's, I can't remember what he's talking about. I can't remember where it is, but he like, is like, well, if master knows. And I like the moment he said master and not like, you know, Mr. Frodo, I was like, wait, ah, it's too close. Yeah, yeah. Too close to Gollum. The cracks of doom, he muttered, the old name rising to his mind. Well, if Master knows how to find them, I don't. I don't it? Yes. I don't know why I didn't I didn't like that at all. I was like, no, Sam, no. It is strange how he was calling him Mr. Frodo, or he does normally call him Mr. Frodo, but there is like an uptick, up, oh, fuck, an uptick in him calling him Master in this chapter, which mm-hmm. is a little golem of him also. Yeah, and that one was uh, internally, but I think at one point he he says Master to Frodo. Oh, yeah, he says it a bunch of times, yeah. uh, but also a lot of it is internal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe we're reading too much into it, but maybe. Well, I think you, I mean, words are hard. I think that it's such an iconic part of Gollum's character that here in this, right, Sam had the ring, Frodo has the ring, and now Sam is again with Frodo. Like, you're supposed to be making those parallels. Right. Sam won't leave Frodo because he's Sam, but also he he had the one ring. That's actually a good point. So it might have affected him in ways that even he's not consciously aware of. Mm-hmm. Right. And even if he only had it for a short time... And so isn't it is you know, a, fully corrupted by it yet. He's he's been brought into this cult. It is a powerful <laughs> ring, and I think that's sort of what we were supposed to get here because that moment gave me the creeps. Yeah. Well, and of course, there's it, another good moment later where we're you know with, with yeah Frodo being but, master of the ring. That's just it puts this whole other view on this chapter though because I wasn't thinking about that at all. 
but his like dedication to Frodo could be seen as his dedication to the ring. I know. It just so that's really interesting. And it's not as much fun to think about, unfortunately. It's so I would it's not as much fun, but it, I find it to be more interesting cuz Sam is one of those characters like for me, Sam has never been my favorite character even though I know he is a big fan favorite character because he is so straightforward and simple and you know, he's a good guy who gets the good shit done. But this idea that maybe there's more going on with him, I makes me like him more. Makes me like it better. You know, I think it's also very interesting to think that he's, you know, the one who kind of ends up being most, uh, well, I guess, I don't know, I'm trying to think cause, uh, of, you know, Frodo having trouble with the idea of destroying the ring, and obviously Gollum doesn't want it destroyed, um, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, well, Sam, you know, is it just he has less, less influence, he doesn't want it destroyed as much, but he never really even talks about that. I think he's not ever reckoned with it in him, so even, like, the ring power over him is sort of different, where his goal was always just to make it there. Yeah, that part yeah, was never right. his responsibility. You're right. And it wasn't even really about him making that. It was about making sure Frodo made mm-hmm. it there. So that, that is interesting. So yeah, now he's, yeah, make sure make sure the ring gets there. What happens there? Who knows? But <laughs> get Frodo yeah. in the ring there. So after a little bit more walking, they reach the bottom of Mount Doom and they just basically collapse. <laughs> They're yeah. just like, we're not, we're not tackling that until we get some sleep. <laughs> yeah. And this is it's the also part- important to note they're like out of water. Yes. I wasn't going into that because they talk a lot about the state of water in this chapter. They really and, um, do. All you need to know is they're out. I really enjoyed this moment where they <laughs> uh, went to sleep at the base of the mountain, but I really liked when Sam was like, I really ought not to have left my blanket behind. And then he just sort of gloms on to Frodo. This tried to comfort so Frodo to with his arms and body. I was like, oh, I Sam. love this. Because if it's the middle of the day in a desert and you're dropping shit, yeah, you think, fuck this blanket. <laughs> but then, like, the sun goes down and it's the middle of the night, you're like, I have made a terrible mistake. <laughs> oh, shit, it's really cold. <laughs> yeah. Even at the base of this volcano. Yeah. So I, I completely, that makes total sense to me. So basically, in the morning, Sam gets up, and I say in the morning, no idea what time of day it is. I don't think they do either, right? Whatever. There the, yeah. There's the when cloud cover. Up. Again, yeah. the mood that we never thought we would relate to so much <laughs> <laughs> when we started this. That's fair, God. Oh, I, yeah. So um, Sam gets up, very chipper, morning person, I suppose, and Frodo was just like, nope. Relatable. Yeah. He sort of staggers up onto his knees, and that's all he can do. And then he sort of looks up Mount Doom, and is just like, oh, God, and begins to crawl. (laughs) (laughs) I'm making light, but this is like Sam's big moment here, so I shouldn't. And Sam is like, well, I got to do it. So he picks up Mr. Frodo and has his really great line, another one I can really only hear in in Sean Astin's voice, where he says, I can't carry it for you, but I I can carry you. And it is well. Um, so up you get. Come on, Mr. Frodo, dear. Sam will give you a ride. Just tell him where to go and he'll go. And he kind of piggybacks him up the mountain. See, and here we're back to Mr. Frodo. Yeah. Oh, the feelings. We're I so highly close, recommend, guys. Yeah. In my uh, audiobook, they definitely put in the music from the movie here. And I was definitely crying. Mm. It was pretty good. Um, and then they just sort of walk up and eventually Frodo <laughs> says, thank you, Sam. How far is there to go? And Sam says, I don't know, because I don't know where we're going. 
oh, I'm gonna cry. It's just such a mood. And I know, and it's it's just been their whole their whole journey is just like we we don't know what we're doing, we don't know where we're going, but we're gonna do it. God, Sam, such a good hobbit. Yeah. Eventually, Sam sort of stops for a break and realizes that they've gone up much further than he thought they did, and that's great. Oh, and I guess I should say, when he picks up Frodo, um, he expected Frodo to be really heavy. Like, he expected the weight of the ring that Frodo talks about to be a weight that he had to carry when carrying Frodo, but that was absolutely not the case. He was just carrying a hobbit, a hobbit who hadn't had a proper meal in weeks, so it was he was quite light. Also sad to think about. There's that, and I think there was some talk about maybe there was something giving Sam extra strength. Mm-hmm. So, might have been yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Powers of good, mm. all that yep. nonsense. So they're climbing up the mountain, um, and eventually, when they realize how far they've come, Sam finds a road, and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> how convenient! Maybe somebody put this. Maybe somebody made this road for me." Uh, but the text is like, "No, no, no! This is Sauron's road because sometimes he goes in there to make rings and shit." That was my favorite line. Was just yeah. straight up, um, <laughs> the path was not put there for the purposes of Sam. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so funny right in there like I, it's good it's good stuff that it's so serious but still there's some good sam moments so i guess there's like a bit of a slope up to the road that it's it's difficult for him to do with frodo on his back so he puts frodo down for a minute and frodo says he'll crawl none of this is really important they get up there i'll just cut that out <laughs> they get there it's really hard but they do it yeah, that's so it. That's the to- chapter. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the book. That should have been the short summary. <laughs> <laughs> so they get up to the road. Fuck. <laughs> I guess I'm not cutting that out now. Great. Nope. Um, so they get up to the road and <laughs> shit, and they have this moment where Sauron almost spots them, and I think it's so interesting. Because I am personally so used to picturing Sauron as this eye on top of the tower. But that's just not really what he is at all in the book. And so it describes Sauron as being this like more of a evil presence at the top of the tower. But still like within it that looks out with this eye. I don't know. It was really, it was different and different than I'm used to picturing him. Yeah, I, I still picture, I still just picture that eye. That eye. <laughs> the, the, the floating eye on top? Yeah. Yep. But it talks about, like, uh, where are we here? Bound, broad, paven, broken, Frodo. Okay, far off the shadows of Sauron hung, but torn by some gust of wind out of the world, or else moved by some great disquiet within, the mantling cloud swirled, and for a moment drew aside, and then he saw... Rising black, blacker, and darker than the vast shades amid which it stood, the cruel pinnacles and iron crown of the topmost tower of Baradur. One moment only, it stared out, but as far from some great window immeasurably high, there stabbed northward a flame of red, the flicker of a piercing eye, and then the shadows were furled again, and the terrible vision was removed. Oh, this is where I meant to start. Fuck. <laughs> the eye was not turned to them. It was gazing north to where the captains of the west stood at bay, and thither all its malice was now bent. But as the power moved to strike its deadly blow, <sighs> as the power... Fuck me. Whatever. But Frodo, at that dreadful glimpse, <laughs> fell as one stricken mortally. His hand sought the chain about his neck. So, I don't know. There's a moment there. He seems more like a presence with an eye than an eye. I don't know. It's just different. It is. Yeah. Yeah. No, and uh, yeah. 
you're not wrong that it's kind of difficult to divorce yourself from the iconic image of him at the top of the yeah. tower um, to be this floating eye that just sort of comes down from the tower and <laughs> hovers around. But no, he's just like, you know, the feeling of doom, the portent stalking you. That is the other thing I pictured is I know Sauron once had a body and that's why like part of why there's a road. But mm-hmm. I definitely picture like them taking the top off and rolling this eye down the road <laughs> so Sauron can go visit. I wonder what people who never read the books thought about the eye in the movie. Like I, I, I just don't have like I can't separate my knowledge of Sauron from the books because I've read the books before the movie. So I'm very curious about that. I mean, I didn't really think about it. I was in sixth grade, and that's just the way it was. <laughs> okay. I mean, you do get to a certain point where you have to suspend so much disbelief. So he was a person, yeah, and then he died and became a fiery eye on top of a tower. Seems legit. We're moving on. Legolas has pretty air. So anyways, um, with the glimpse of Baradur, Frodo like falls to the ground and is not interested in moving and has a bit of a panic attack. And just Again, relatable. Sam- yeah. As just as Sam is sort of comforting him, dun dun dun, the return of Gollum. <laughs> uh, he, Gollum, I don't know, just appears yelling. They fight a bit. Sorry, I'm reading while talking and it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of a scuffle when Gollum appears and then suddenly uh, Frodo, I think, stands up and Sam sees them. Wicked master. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to read Gollum. Okay, so yeah, they scuffle and then... Frodo stands up and says, down, down, he gasped, clutching his hand to his breast so that beneath the cover of his leather shirt, he clasped the ring, down, you creeping thing, and out of my path, your time is at an end, you cannot betray me or slay me now. And then this is when Sam sort of sees them in a different light, and uh, where is it? There's a crouching shape, scarcely more than a shadow of a living thing. Uh, a creature now wholly ruined and defeated, yet filled with a hideous lust and rage, and before it stood stern, untouchable, now by pity, a figure robed in white, but at its breast held a wheel of fire. Out of the fire there spoke a commanding voice. Be gone, and trouble me no more. If you touch me ever again, you shall be cast yourself into the fire of doom. Which is so interesting, and I hate that they cut this out of the movie. Because he does touch him again, and he is cast into the fire of doom. Ah, I love it's when shit good. like that happens. It's That's so like good. one of my favorite fantasy tropes is that almost immediate prophecy. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to talk about this. Like, you know what? I'm not even going to talk about it now. Because when we watch the movie, <laughs> I'm going to go off on this shit. So moving on. Well, I also like. I just I like the vision too. Yes. Of, you know, figure robed uh, in white with a wheel with of fire is thing, like, and yeah, it's very. I mean. Again, remembering Sauron when he was not an eye. Mm-hmm. You know, so often we think of, you know, white as being the color of the good guys. But, you know, he was I almost, a pretty boy. <laughs> I almost wish, well, like, I guess it doesn't really matter because we don't have this scene in the movie either. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like everybody knows this, but I don't know if they do. But the big troll thing that Aragorn is fighting at the end was originally supposed to be Sauron. He was supposed to, like, appear on the battlefield, but then mm-hmm. they decided not to do that. I don't know if that was a choice they made themselves or if there was, like, a fan outcry, like with Arwen. But let's mm-hmm. not talk about that shit. <laughs> uh, and I just think that would have been interesting because you know how in that moment when Aragorn looks forward and there's, like, some light in front of him and then he says for Frodo, that was supposed he was supposed to be looking at Sauron as he was like as um as the troll thingy no, no. before he was like a big evil dude when he was yeah 
Maya. Maya, thank you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I, I think a part of that decision was like, people who hadn't read the books would have no idea who the heck that was. Mm-hmm. So there was no point in doing it. Um, but it's just interesting that he would have been this bright light thing like we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then Sam sort of stops up and says, I will fight Gollum, you run on, Frodo. Because Frodo's gotten over his I can only crawl <laughs> Didn't last long, if we're being totally honest. But well, this maybe. is this is right after the uh, the prophecy speaking, and it's yeah, quick master. Yeah, he gives the master again. Oh, that's true. Oh. Yes, he does. He says, "Quick master, go on. No time to lose. I'll deal with him." Which is, if we recall from uh, the two towers, this is all Sam wants <laughs> is to be able to fucking deal with Gollum. This is his moment, and he's just like, <laughs> "I." It pulls out Sting and is like, "I will get this stinker." <laughs> But immediately, Gollum takes his victory away from him and says, it turns into this pitiful, weeping creature and asks for mercy, basically. And Sam being Sam is like, oh, curse you, just go away. (laughs) (laughs) And basically kicks at Gollum until he runs off. Uh, But it's interesting that he was overcome with pity. Mm -hmm. Again, somebody, a, a, a hobbit being overcome with pity for Gollum. A hobbit who has had the ring. Yeah, I'm torn between it. Like, it makes sense, you know, Sam talks a big game but he's you know soft he's not a murderer a good good guy but also you're like it's one of those times where it's hard to take it away from the plot it's like the duality of one yeah it's very hard to have your likable characters commit cold-blooded murder (laughs) (laughs) and two we kind of need Gollum to not be dead yeah I wonder what would have happened though if well I mean obviously like it's it's silly to wonder this because that's not what happened. But if Gollum had fought back and Sam had killed him, mm-hmm. well, how, what would Sam so this have is, had to have pushed Frodo in? I was going to say this is the version where, um, you know, he kills Gollum and then, you know, is also guilty and Frodo's, you know, not going in. And so Sam bear hugs him and throws them both in. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Man, can you imagine? Gandalf comes in on the eagles and is just searching and searching and searching and nothing. Wow. Thanks, guys. He just finds Gollum's body. <laughs> I know we made it so cheerful. But anyways, that's not what happened. <laughs> um, okay, so then Sam goes after Frodo, finds a door in the mountain, which we do get its name because this is still Tolkien. And even though this is like the climax of the story, don't worry. We also got some history about the road, but I didn't. <laughs> I skipped that. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted you all to know that we are still reading Tolkien. Uh, the name of the door is Samoth Naur, which I actually, Samoth, no, oh, fuck. Samath, 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 oh, whatever. Naur, Naur, mm-hmm, whatever. It's something. It's cool. I read it I in like my it. head and I Samoth pronounced Nar. it perfectly. Yeah, in my head, I said it 100% real good. Yep. So he goes in, Frodo is basically there and is like, oh, and Sam cries out, master, um, and then Frodo says, I have come, but I do not choose now to do what I came to do. I will not do this deed. The ring is mine. And then he puts it on his finger and he vanishes from Sam's sight. Sam is not happy about this, but then suddenly he's struck from behind because obviously Gollum is a lying sack of shit. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's also uh, a bit in here that I really like where... um. Mm-hmm. You know, Sam has the file of Galadriel and he tries to bring it out, but right, it's yeah. like they're in basically the epicenter of, you know, of evil. evil. And so it doesn't do 
anything. I'd be so interested to know if like an actual Silmaril would glow in there because this is just like the light of a Silmaril, you know, but if they had an actual, anyways, unimportant, but interesting because I don't think of Sauron as being more powerful than the Silmarils, but maybe that's just me. Um, Anyways, as soon as he puts the ring on, of course, Sauron is like, oh, holy shit, you know, like everything I thought was wrong. They're trying to destroy it. And immediately he pulls his mind out of It was a really interesting bit where it turned out that his, like, uh, will was in the mind of all of his, like, orcs and slaves and shit, making them fight on. And so as soon as he turned his mind to saving the ring, the Nazgul fly towards the mountain and all the, like, fighting spirit goes out of his minions. So good things happening for Aragorn and the rest of them. Because let's not forget, of course, that they are at the gate battling it out right now. Uh, so then Sam gets up and he sees Gollum basically floating in the air, struggling with uh, Invisible Frodo. And then eventually he pulls his hands holding something up and has himself a little snack. <laughs> <laughs> and I really do enjoy this line. But Gollum, dancing like a mad thing, held aloft to the ring, a finger still thrust within its circle. Um, yeah, probably a good thing they didn't include that in the movie. <laughs> Well, they did. You see him throw the finger aside. Oh, okay. He's not holding it up, dancing with oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, he's not like holding up There's the no finger. There's no celebratory <laughs> severed finger. Yeah. It's it's pretty good, though. Um, And then he yells, precious, 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 my precious. Oh, my precious. And then he falls because he touched Frodo again. <laughs> yep. And him and the ring go plunging into the fire of doom. Woo! And then, my friends, the ring, it is destroyed. Yay, we did it. Oh my god, it happened. <laughs> um, yes, celebration, and even the volcano decides to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> By going... <laughs> and then, um, uh, I'm gonna read this whole bit, this whole bit here that happens after the ring goes down, um, because it's really interesting, and it's good. So, a brief vision, he, I assume Sam, he had of swirling cloud, and in the midst of it, towers and battlements, tall as hills, founded upon a mighty mountain throne above immeasurable pits, great courts and dungeons, eyeless prisons, shears cliffs, and gaping gates of steel and adamant, gaping gates of steel and adamant, and then all passed. Towers fell and mountains slid, walls crumbled and melted, crashing down. Vast spires of smoke and spouting steams went billowing up, up, until they toppled, like an overwhelming wave, and its wild crest curled and came foaming down upon the land. Whoa. So Mordor is destroyed, basically, with the ring. Uh, Down like lashing whips fell a torrent of black rain and into the heart of the storm with a cry that pierced all other sounds, tearing the clouds asunder. The Nazgul came, shooting like flaming bolts as caught in the fiery ruin of hill and sky, they crackled, withered, and went out. So the Nazgul are gone, too. Yay! Oh, damn. And then suddenly uh, a voice says, well, this is the end, Sam Gamgee. And it's Frodo, who was himself again. And Sam says, Master, here again, too. So that's interesting. And then he's all worried about Frodo's hand. But I mean... It's just a finger. They're beside, they're beside an erupting volcano. So I think they got more problems <laughs> to worry about. But um, Should just, you know, dip the stump in and cauterize it. Yeah. Shit. Oh. Jesus. God. Ow. Sorry. Anyways. um, And Frodo says, you know, but do you remember Gandalf's words? Even Gollum may have something yet to do. 
But for him, Sam, I could not have destroyed the ring. The quest would have been in vain, even at the bitter end, so let us forgive him, for the quest is achieved, and now all is over. I am glad you are here with me, here at the end of all things, Sam. And that's the end of the chapter. And the end of the book. So they good. both die in the volcano. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that bit about, you know, Frodo being like, you know, now we can forgive him, because it's a good example of forgiveness after justice, right? Yeah. Like, he Gollum Gollum played his part, but he also got what was coming to him. And and you know, the ring was destroyed and stuff, so you now you now we can forgive him. Yeah, it's um I don't know where I was going with Okay. That. <laughs> All right. I apologize. All right. So did anybody have any favorite parts of this chapter? I mean, I think I already brought up the damn I wish I had my blanket <laughs> moment. <laughs> That's your favorite part. I mean, it's just so very Sam. Like We've got high stakes, yeah. we've got tension, and then it's, we've got to lie down right here and have a nap, and damn, I got rid of the blanket. Um, my other favorite line, besides the road not being for Sam, um, is, to no one's surprise, I just needed to make sure I said it for everyone, on Mount Doom, doom shall fall. Oh, yeah, I can't <laughs> believe I missed that. That one was so good. Uh, yeah. Mine was, my favorite part was Frodo's prophecy and mm-hmm. his, ha- and his having actual power over Gollum. I think that was because, you know, Gollum did swear to him, and I like that that actually had came to fruition between the two of them. You know, that's that's true. That's probably my favorite part. No, that's that's the actual favorite part of the chapter. I love that trope so much. It's really good. And, And it's done well, and I love like, it's not just that I think that that's better writing than what happened in the movie. It's that I'm sad we didn't get that visual of Sam looking at the two of them and the, like the dark, crouching, monsterish thing and that light, you know that mm-hmm. that Hobbit of light with the wheel of fire on his chest. I, it would have been good. Yeah, yeah. In a weird way, I mean, if you just when you follow kind of the narrative arc of the chapter, like that's actually really kind of the climactic moment in a way more than the ring being destroyed. Mm. You know, it's sort of that point. You know, just you know, three quarters of the way through, kind of, and it builds to that, and then uh, the ring dying almost just sort of happens quickly at the end. It's interesting. (laughs) It does happen very quickly, but I guess because it's an inanimate object, they couldn't have much of a struggle. Mm. It's all internal. Yeah, right. And that's it. We went through all the internal, and then there it is. And, And Gollum's doom was placed upon him. I love it. I, I like that I like that he tripped and fell and that it was because of his doom so much more than Frodo pushing him off. Although I mean Frodo pushing him off gave him that great moment where in the movie, like where Frodo chooses to crawl himself out of there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's that too. I mean, they're both good, but I like this one better personally. Yeah. Such a good doom. <laughs> Everybody loves a good doom. Mm-hmm. Especially us. Especially, especially us. Well, and obviously the ring is destroyed, so that was the last chapter, and now we're done. We have no more book. <laughs> is that just like wishful thinking on your part at this point? Or No, no, I love this book. I just think it's hilarious that we're not even... We've got a solid a chunk ha- left. Yeah, we've got like six chapters left. I was going to say, in my book, we are halfway done with the book book, though I know the appendices are at the back of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so next time, um, we will be reading chapter four of book six of Returning the King, The Field of Cormolan. Cool, cool, cool. Love a good yeah. field. I suspect some eagles will make an appearance. <laughs> we can't get to the end of a, of a Tolkien story without there being some deus ex machina. Deus ex eagles. Or deus ex, deus ex eagles. eagles. We love Sorry. it. Sorry, I apologize for my slip of the tongue there. If you want to support our show, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com slash so you want to read Tolkien. We always appreciate a rating or review on your podcast listening platform of choice. You can follow us on Twitter at to read Tolkien and you can email us up, email us at want to read Tolkien at gmail.com. Uh, and that's it. We'll see you next week. I've been Caitlin. I've been Rachel. I've been Emmy. Bye. Bye. Bye.